the American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. So when he questioned Christians, what do you you people do when you get together? Because there was all kinds of questions about that. We we, we sing, sing songs to Jesus Christ, our God. And again, if you want to look that up, you can look it up in Pliny's Epistles, Book 10, Paragraph 96. Okay, if you don't remember that, email me. If you're one of that kind of person, some of you like to look at that. But this is reaffirmed in Totilian's Apologia. That is, he then is writing to governors, Totilian is, about, I can't remember, oh, 80 years later, about the injustices and the way Christians were treated. They weren't getting fair trials and so on. He recounts Pliny's torture. Okay, he actually says that Pliny killed some of them. All right, and, and he recalls that Trajan says, um, yeah, you know, just because somebody says Fred or whoever is a Christian, you can't convict them on that. you got to actually have to talk to them and see what they admit. Of course, that's where Trajan would torture them to get them to admit what he wanted. And then he talks about they would make offers of incense to the Roman god, in particular, whoever the Caesar was at the time. Okay, have you guys heard that before? Okay, so, so when one of the ways he'd get them to recant and what, to show that the recanting was true is they would offer sacrifices to the Roman gods, even if it's just incense, okay? Um, but um, sounds like fun, doesn't it? But anyway, uh, Tertullian recounts this story as he's trying to petition for better rights, I'll say it like that, for Christians 80 years later. Okay, so we see John saying that Jesus was God. Did the early church think so? Yes. No matter what some people want to tell you, the early church believed that Jesus was God. It wasn't just the Council of Nicaea or the Council at Chalcedon, which we've talked about before, not those that established it. It was done in the church well before that. Okay, so we see his relationship with God. He's with God, same place, same time, doing the same things. He's of the same essence as God, okay, the same being. All right? But we also see his relationship to the world. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. So we see something related to things that are. And what's really interesting, it says he was in the beginning with God. Literally, this man was with God in the beginning. That's literal. Okay? Translated he. Okay? 
So here they are. He's talking about, now he's going to talk about them doing the same thing. Not only in the same place, but they're doing the same thing. All things came into being through him and apart from him. Nothing came into being. Stop. There's more to that verse. But that last half really confuses people. So we'll stop there and we'll keep, we'll keep going, but I'll break this part first. John wants to make sure, now he's talking about the deity of God, but he doesn't want you to bypass that first word he used, beginning. He says, okay, he's God, but I don't want you to bypass that. I want to bring you back to that idea, okay? He is God's companion in the work of creation. In the beginning, God created the, in the beginning of his word, and nothing was created without the word. There's something going on together in this process. This person that he's introducing to us through this analogy of the word is the creator of the universe. All matter, so all earth, all humanity, he created. But not just that. All the non-matter stuff in the universe. You go, what? Yeah, this thing called gravity. Energy. Now, we know, based on Einstein's theory, relatively, matter and energy are interrelated. But we think about God creating the animals, and here's the giraffe and the elephant, and we've all seen the pictures of the Garden of Eden. But you know, the elephants aren't floating through space, are they? They're, they're on the ground. Through him, all things that exist created. The, the, the thing that holds your atoms together so they don't blow apart that magnetic force, you had fun playing with magnets as a kid. The electricity that runs, makes these light bulbs, electrons moving. All that created through him. Then it says this. Apart from him, nothing came into being. And that has, and that has come into being. Of course, right? Well, some versions say that apart from him, nothing came into being. That was made. Why would that be important? Because he isn't made. He wants to draw a distinction between the creator and the creature. All things that were created, he created. Because there are those who want to argue that Jesus was the first creation of God. Yeah, but here it's saying, wait a minute, Jesus is the one doing the creating of all created things. Mm, the things that are created anyway. There are uncreated things. That would be God. Thus, this is John is attributing to the word Jesus aseity. And you've heard me use this word before. And please, you know, if words like that, some people like them, some people, if you don't, just let it go right by you, you know. Act like a 15-year-old teenager. Let it go in one ear and one out the other. But that is... God's self-existence. Okay? John 8, 48. Jesus' own words, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. He uses that name right out of the Old Testament when God asked, or Moses asked God, what's his name? Then verse 17 and 5 here in John. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. 17.24, And you, God the Father, loved me before the foundation of the world. Okay? This, this idea of God's 
Jesus, the Word, exists outside of all the created things. Remember, what's John's goal of his gospel? That you would believe in him and therefore have eternal life, just John 3.16. He wants you to recognize who it is that you're believing in. He wants you to understand who it is that died on the cross in your stead. He wants you to understand this just wasn't just some carpenter walking around from Galilee. Okay, or around Galilee from Nazareth, excuse me. I want you to understand this is very God, truly God. I, I avoid the terms 100% God, 100% man, because that's even more confusing, because that's 200%. You can't have 200% of anything. Okay, everything that makes you human, he was. He, he wasn't short of anything. He wasn't missing a particular strand of DNA or chromosome. And everything God is, he was, and still is. So Jesus was not made, no matter what the Arians or Jehovah Witnesses or Islam teaches. You know that Islam teaches that as well. Now I want you to think about this. John's wanting you to first and foremost recognize that Jesus is the creator of all things. Now I want you to think about that. I want you to ponder it. Just put it in your head a minute. Everything that is, including gravity, light, all the things you can't see, he Created. Now listen, now, now think of that when you hear this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Definite article in each case. Well, of course you are. If you made all that is, that is, including all the things we can't see, of course you are the way. Of course you are the truth. Of course you are the... Okay? When he says this, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Now we know bread, metaphoric food. Well, of course you are. You created all that is, including the bread we actually eat. I am the light of the world. We get into that here. That light you see, it couldn't be there, except he created it. Of course you've got to be the light, because there wouldn't be any if you weren't here. People ask, well, how can there be light you know, in those first few days of creation without a sun? <laughs> God is light. Listen to this. Think again. The creator of all that is. John wants you to know this is very God, the creator of everything. When he says in John, or Jesus says in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Why not? Why? Because he created all life anyway. There wouldn't be any without him. He controls every bit of it. Okay. John 3.16, that film. read it in the context of this is the creator of all things. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, God, that whoever believes in him, who? God, that created everything, has eternal life. Yeah, because what's your other option? Don't believe in the eternal God who created everything. See how that gets you? You start believing everything's a cosmic accident and you're here for nothing. So as the nihilists, that's the philosophers who took this line of thinking that you're nothing, that we're just random chance, okay? That's why the question they finally come up with at the end of most of their arguments is this. Why don't we just commit suicide? Some of them did, by the way. Okay. In him, the word, was life. And life was the light of men. Light shines in the darkness, 
and darkness comprehended it not. Two huge implications here. Okay? And him, this guy at the beginning, was life. The one, if he is life in himself, he cannot not be. I know that's a little deep, but I don't know how else to say that. If you are life within yourself, you have to have life. You cannot not be life. Okay, that's the huge implication here. In him was life. He is life. Okay? But it tells me... Let me put it another way. He has life in himself. Let me put it... Life. Reality. You'll see what I'm saying here in a minute. God didn't come from somewhere or anywhere. When people ask who created God, that's the wrong question. When you have to exist in your very nature, no one needs to create you. So the law of causality, every, every effect has a cause. And so they want to argue somebody had to create God. Problem is, God's not an effect. He's strictly a cause. He's always been there. There's no such thing as before God. I know, I know your mind can't grasp that. There is, before, there, you can't say, well, before God, no, it's not possible. Okay? Before anything else is God. That tells me, though, that ultimate reality is personal. The creator of all this isn't a force, dark side or the good side, isn't an impersonal gravity, okay? Something of physics. It's life. God is life. The creator of all that is is a person. Has, you can't. There's life. It's personal. Okay, I know. You say, well, plants are life. That ain't the kind of life we're talking about. And it's only life in another sense. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. In Isaiah 45 and 18. For this is what the Lord says. He created the heavens. He is the God who formed the earth and made it. Now listen, established it. He did not create it waste, but formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, there is no one else. He is the life and the light of men. He created, and he created this word that there would be men, women, humanity on it. It was created for that purpose. He is life. He brings life to all that is alive in particular in the area of rational beings. And he did it on purpose. It wasn't a cosmic accident. It was created to have people on it, to have stuff on it, not just a barren like the moon. Okay, This is one of the reasons I, I can't say it definitively because I haven't been to every planet in the universe. Okay, But I don't believe there's aliens out there. I don't see anything in Scripture that tells me, for one, you've got to understand why God created it all. Why did he create even to start with. Then why do you create man? Why do you why do you create man where, where man can sin and all that? But he was the light. He was the truth. Light, truth, knowledge, insight. Uh, pick the words that it that light impl- implies in scripture. 
The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness did not comprehend it. I find that the interesting word. He didn't say the darkness didn't like it, which they do later. Okay. But it didn't comprehend it. And humanity, since time, has pondered when they look up at the stars in the sky and try to figure out where humanity fits in that. And what's it all about? And your brain hurts. If you've ever taken a philosophy class, your brain hurts. God answers that. John answers this. Let me tell you what the gospel's about. Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what the world's about. Jesus Christ. Why did God create? Jesus Christ. In case you didn't know, you were created to be a gift to the Son. That's what creation's all about. It is His inheritance. It, he didn't create because He needed you. God didn't create because He was lonely. God didn't create because he's bored. He created to create, to make, to build a bride, a gift for a son. We and the new heaven and new earth is Christ's inheritance. John 3 and 19. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, but people. How many here, anybody here, not a people? Okay. People love the darkness rather than light, for their deeds are evil. Now let's go back. Ready? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form of order, and darkness was on the face of the deep. We refuse to accept the light of that. And we want to choose the darkness. What darkness? The darkness was right there at the beginning. A universe, because there ain't really a universe, the nothing that is without God. I hate to tell you, that's hell. Hell's not about fire and brimstone, even though that might be some kind of actual thing to that in the sense of you sense it. But it's back to that dark place without the presence of God. Now, God is everywhere. He'll be there. But all of His wonder, all of His goodness... All the things that will make you smile. Everything that brings your heart pleasure. Totally gone. Forever. You're not going to be there with your friends, partying hardy, going, yeah, at least, you know, at least we can roast the hot dogs. You, know, you will be utterly alone. Because a friendship would be a good thing. And all goodness comes from God, and He withholds all that in hell. The question is this, though. So you read this. That, okay, what do I do with it? You have an option. It's pretty simple. You either believe that that word, Jesus Christ, was God or you don't. If he, if he is, was, is God, that leaves you in a dilemma. I think this is why people don't want, to admit, don't want that. They don't want to admit that Jesus was God. Because it leaves you in a mess. But without him being God, you're stuck with a mess. Jesus, the perfect, if he was a perfect man, couldn't justify you before the Father. Fully God. This we call in Christianity, in theological terms, the hypostatic union. Why do we believe it? Every, I, every Protestant church that I know of, Orthodox Protestant church and Catholic, will tell you that Jesus is God. Why does it matter? 
Because without him, there is no John 3.16. There is no justification before God unless he is fully God. And that one who created all things condescended to take on the form of a human being that had to be fed, had to be clothed, had to walk on streets of dirt and have his feet cleaned came and in that flesh died on the cross. God can't die. So in only one sense do we say God died on the cross. Okay. But flesh dies. What do I do with the fact that the God who, who made that light, that we can't figure out how we see it, where it can, maybe you're smarter than I am and you do know, okay, or how gravity works, we still don't know. No scientist knows that. They, they have a formula to explain what it does, but they don't know. That God, that God came to atone for your sin, to take the punishment you deserve. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That moment when he felt hell. Now, God has to be there. He cannot not be there. Okay? He can't, and we read he doesn't forsake him, but that moment he felt what you will feel in hell. Absolute, you'll feel absolute separation from God for eternity. He took that. Unjustly, undeserved. Wow. How many of you know this? Oh gosh, what's his first name? Tillman played football for the Cardinals. Pat, Pat Tillman. You guys know who Pat Tillman was? Football star, man. Has it big. He's, he's got the money. He's got the fame. And then 9-11 happens. You know what he does? He quits football and joins the military. I watched that story inspire all kinds of people. This guy, it had it all. He was an amazing guy. Would go and surrender his life for us. That's just amazing. Well, then why don't you have that response to the gospel? Pat Tillman is nothing compared to God. Not that I mean to defame his memory in any way. But he's nothing compared to the one who left heaven and took on human form and died for us. That's where John wants you to begin his gospel. Not in 3.16. Not in chapter 10 and 6, which are great chapters, why I mention those. It begins with this. He created all things and is God. As we journey into John, that's the perspective we've got to have. When you open this book and you read, those Gospels, or any part of it, you got to realize what you're reading about. God himself. Not about you. About God. And when you get there, you find out you need God. I don't argue that. Okay? But that's what it's about. In your daily life, do you get out of bed? I want you to get out of bed tomorrow. It's a Monday if you can remember what I even preached about. Get out of bed. Let your feet hit the ground. And say, ooh, wait a minute. God created that ground. Jesus, who died for me, created that, that ground. As I hit the shower and that warm water feels good on a cold morning, you wouldn't have warm water if God didn't create. As you put your clothes on, you get that nice coat on, and you head out there to start your car. Okay? There wouldn't be a sunshine or a flake of frost on your front window if God hadn't created. Start your day that way. See what happens. It'll change your perspective. And every, every aspect, it'll just change the way you see things. That's what God, 
or John says about God, that's how we begin. He begins the gospel with who God is, not who you are. Not, not ready? For God so loved, oh, you're so loving. And you're just so lovable. That ain't where he starts. He starts with Jesus is God, creator of everything. He wants you to know who this gospel is about, not you. It is American narcissism that says it's all about us. Yeah, God wrote the Bible because it's about me to show me how to be good, how to do that, why, how, what life would be good like because we'd all be blessed, wealthy, and wise, right? If we would just, no, no, no. It's there to tell you about God. And John starts that way. Begin your day tomorrow with those thoughts. It's not a hard one. It's not a deep theological one. When your feet hit the ground, I'm standing on ground he made. When I hug my wife in the morning, I'm hugging the woman he made. Oh, oh, that'll keep you from arguing with you, won't it? Okay? It's easy when you hug your grandkids. Oh, look at the blessing from God, my grandkids, right? He, he did it all. Everything you good you will experience today. You, and I can say it, church is about over. I'll mention food. You're going to go out and you're going to, or you're going to go home and you're going to, Whatever you're going to have. I grew up as pot roast on Sundays, okay? And, you, and then you're digging that pot roast, and there's that gravy and those biscuits. You know, I wouldn't have that. Simply by the grace of God, he allows me to experience good things because he is God. There wouldn't be one of them called common grace, by the way, okay? It is God. When you walk out of here and you shake someone's hand, you say, oh, I'm so glad I, I went to see them. I appreciate the friendship in our church because we're a friendly bunch. And all that. No, you, God did that. That wasn't because Alan walked up to you and said, hi, that, uh, he's so wonderful. It's because God's wonderful. Okay? John wants you to begin the journey. He is God, creator of all things. Let's pray. Lord, today we acknowledge as a congregation, we all believe it, that Christ is the very image of God, bears the same essence, is creator of all things. God, life can be so busy. We can enjoy good things. We can have bad days too. And we forget that it is all made by and sustained by God. That is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father, I ask you to help this be upon the hearts of everyone here as they go about their week, that this idea, this truth, that Jesus is creator and God would be continually brought to their remembrance. So when we come back next week and in the weeks to come, as we explore the great wonders that we find in the Gospel of John, we will always put it in the perspective of Jesus Christ, our creator. To him be the glory. Amen. This is Pastor Randy Reams, and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word. This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. And if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media. And there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy. Just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one-time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC, P.O. Box 32, Nampa, 
Idaho 83653. Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.